Hey everyone, welcome to Cinema Trip Reviews. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Barbarian. Welcome to Cinema Trip Reviews. My name is Wyatt, and today we're going to be talking about probably the most surprising movie of the year, which is Zach Kreger's Barbarian. Uh, before we get into the show, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Trip Views, and check out our link tree and anchor pages for uh, the show on all the podcasting platforms and audio only. Make sure to give us a good review on those. But as to the movie itself, like I mentioned, this is probably the most surprising movie of the year. Um, because there really wasn't too much marketing going behind this, especially with most of the story that's in this movie. Um, and for a good reason. Now, some of this video is going to be spoiler free here at the beginning. I'm going to try to give you a little bit of my review without spoilers into it in case you haven't seen it. Um, but it's hard, really hard to talk about this movie, uh, without going into spoilers. So I, I will save those for a little bit. Now, the trailer I did see a couple months back at the theaters. I forget what movie I was seeing. Um, but if you, anybody has seen the trailer, they really only show you, like, maybe a quarter of the movie and the trailers. Um, so it really throws a lot of people off. And there's a huge part of this story that they don't show at all. Um, so that's why if anybody is seeing, watching this video right now hasn't seen the movie... Stay away from the trailers, stay away from the internet, go out and watch it, because the less you know going into this movie, the better, because uh, it's going to blow your socks off. Zach Kreger, who directed this movie, uh, this I believe this was his first like major directorial debut. Uh, he has directed and starred in like the the TV show Whitest Kids You Know, amongst other TV stuff as well. Um, I don't, I'm not really big, or I haven't, I haven't really seen a lot of his body of work. I'm just kind of digging in and, and looking at what he's done before, but this is a major you know, big picture debut. Um, and what a hell of a debut to, to have, uh, cause this was such a surprising movie and I, I absolutely loved it. I cannot wait to watch it again. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll see it in theaters again, but as soon as it hits like VOD or Blu-ray, I'm going to definitely go out and cop it because it, it's that good. Believe the hype around this movie. Anybody who's kind of seen the trailer or maybe read a little synopsis knows the basic bare minimum, bare bones plot of the movie, uh, which is uh, Georgina Campbell, who plays Tess in the movie, is uh, renting out an Airbnb. She shows up and there's already somebody at the house who rented the Airbnb, uh, which was Bill Skosgard. You know, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, most recently he was famous for doing Pennywise in the it part one and part two movies that's really what you get in the trailers and the basic pl plot synopsis is these two people uh sharing this bnb and there's something you know amiss there's something not right about it it's a little uh there's a little tension there you don't know if you know bill's Gosgard, if, if keith is supposed to be there or not uh you don't know who he is or what kind of past he has or what kind of motives he has or what he's planning to do in the trailers at least you get that you know the scenes of them going into the basement finding like a hidden room and such that's about as far as i'm gonna go as far as like the story and plot um but going without spoilers this movie really keeps you on your toes the writing in this movie is just is top notch it's great uh which it goes really well with the pacing of the movie the pacing of it is is so fast um i mean the beginning i mean i could see some people in the beginning kind of getting a little slow um but i was locked in for minute one just because like the way the cinematography is done, the way that it's shot, it, it draws you in. It just has something about it where it just has like some of these close-up shots of certain things that you maybe 
wouldn't necessarily think about showing, um, but it has, you know, some some part of the movie in there. There's a reason that he is showing you these shots, um, but it keeps drawing you in there. And then there's just one thing after another, and they kind of give you some false flags along the way where you're like, oh, you think it's going to be this? Nope throws you a curveball it goes the other direction and i feel like it does that so many times throughout this movie where you think it's going to go one way and then it just zags and goes a whole nother way um which just keeps you on your toes and the greatest part about it is they hid most of this movie from the marketing um which is a bold move which is a bold move sometimes it doesn't work out there's been a lot of movies in the past that have just I don't know if they've been purposely mismarketed, um, but they've just been mismarketed in general, and they just end up falling flat because of this. Now, there really wasn't much marketing behind this. I don't remember really seeing too much about it, other than just seeing a, a preview at the movie theaters. But the word of mouth, just on Twitter and social media and just the internet in general, has really made this movie successful over this weekend. Um, it's It blew past its budget, and it went to a very successful opening, uh, which, which is awesome for this kind of movie. Now, some of the other characters you get in this movie, you do get Justin Long in it, who I, I actually am a Justin Long fan. I think he is great in this um and you also get richard brake who is in a lot of rob zombie stuff he's in this for a little bit as well um i'm not going to go into who they are or what kind of roles they play in the movie uh because i'm trying to stay you know further away from the spoilers as possible as of right now zach Gregor, he does a great job with this movie um like i mentioned the cinematography is great the pacing is great and another thing on top of that is the music the music is outstanding in this it has just like this kind of 80s synthy feel to it and it just has so much dread and it just builds that tension and builds up that next scene and even some of these shots where it's just kind of zooming in on something or panning out away from something and it just has some of that music in there oh it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it a little bit bill skosgard georgina campbell justin long they they act their asses off in this movie i mean all three of them are great in it um, I mean, I, I don't really have any complaints about, you know, the acting or, or, you know, the characters in general. I really don't have too many complaints at all. Um, and the only little nitpicky things I have is really kind of going into spoiler territory. I don't want to, you know, dive into them right now. But if you haven't seen this movie yet and you're still watching this video, um, go into it with a blank slate. I know I kind of gave you some details about it, but it's not even scratching the surface of what this movie is going to do and, sh and show you. Um, because this movie gets wild. <laughs> and that's that's the biggest thing I could say. I mean, it, it goes to a completely different place that I was just not expecting it to go. Uh, and and man, I am I am so glad of that because you don't really see a lot of these directors, you know, or some of these horror movies just going all out bananas crazy with these type of things. They like they really like to play it close to the chest and try to play it safe, uh, you know, keep the audiences happy, you know, that sort of thing, which is I mean, it's it's fair, I guess I can understand it. Um, but man, this one, you know, it swings for the fences and hits a home run on it. Um, I really haven't seen too many bad reviews of this at all. Um, and I, I'm definitely going to give it a great review. I, I really love this movie. And like I mentioned, this is the surprise film of the year for me, at least. And I know for a lot of other people, um, I know a lot of people really 
kind of was thinking X was going to be that surprising movie of the year uh, or Pearl, which was announced recently, which is going to be coming out very soon. Um, I did really like X. I liked some of the, the twists and turns in it, um, but it doesn't hold a candle to this one. I mean, I, I think they're, they're both very good movies, um, but as far as the twists and then, you know, just upping the ante and upping the stakes a little bit more, this movie just just does it for me. And it was just that surprise factor that that goes into it with me. A lot of people are kind of comparing it, uh, not comparing it uh, movie-wise, but kind of the reception and the way it's doing for people with Malignant, which came out last year. Um, now, for those who haven't seen Malignant, it was just kind of uh, marketed as a just a crazy, maybe, uh, you know, paranormal, just kind of crazy horror movie directed by James Wan. And uh, there was a huge twist in that one, which is just out there bananas as well. I don't think that one was nearly executed as well as this movie was, though. Even though it is James Wan, I think it was kind of sloppy, and it, it didn't really... And I, it was an alright movie, but it didn't really do it for me like this one did. I was on the edge of my seat this whole time. I got I got goosebumps. I was getting creeped out at certain points. Um, and that's exactly what you want when you're going to see a horror movie in theaters. I, I really can't say enough good things about this movie um and it's hard to really talk about this without going into you know spoilers man because you really you really kind of need to know nothing going into it to uh for it to work and and that's the thing is if they would have marketed this like how the movie actually is if they would have came out and showed you some certain things i'm not entirely sure if it would have worked the same way i think the surprise factor is really really what helps whenever this movie takes a turn it grabs you and just sucks you in with it and before i get into the spoilers um this is a highly highly recommend movie man um i know i know it's in theaters right now if you have the chance go see it in theaters this is a movie you're gonna want to see in theaters i mean i'm sure it'll be creepy at home like on your flats on your big screen or whatever um but you're not going to get the experience that you're going to get in the theater in the theater with a bunch of people because there's a bunch of people in the theater that i saw it with and you know and there were some screams there were some gasps you know it's just kind of a it's it's great being in that setting and getting uh watching a you know a movie like this with people in the audience because you get that that reaction out of everybody and it kind of fuels the experience a little bit more. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, go see it in theaters. I highly recommend it. Now jumping into spoilers. Everybody knows the story of you know Tess showing up late at night to this Airbnb. Uh, Keith is already there. They were double booked. Um, Keith actually invites her in. They're gonna try to work this out they try calling like the people that are renting it out they, they don't get an answer um they end up just kind of hanging out and talking a little bit you're really not sure of keith at this point or what his intentions are something's a little off-putting about him uh it's funny like bill skosgard uh keith makes like a comment about like i'm not a monster like or, i don't know what you think like i'm not a monster or something like that and it's funny because you know just coming off of playing pennywise a couple years ago i think that's you know they specifically kind of threw that line in for him a lot of things that i've seen been seeing reviews of this and i haven't seen being mentioned a lot there, there's some comparisons because this this movie's kind of broke up in a couple different parts with an overlaying story you get keith and tessa's little you know interaction and story in the house and then it jumps a little bit and you get aj's story played by justin long now you get a real kind of contrast and comparison between tess's story going into this house and you and aj played by justin long because tess when she shows up there's a strange man there now as a woman in society obviously 
it's hard for them to trust any man or, you know, just a strange dude that's in this house that they're supposed to be at. They invite them in, you know, it's, it's very, uh, very unsettling. You know, it's, it's, I know if I was a woman showing up in that circumstance, I probably would just got in my car and peaced out to find somewhere else or drove home. And that's exactly what she was planning on doing. Uh, but Bill Skosgard, you know, Keith, he ends up winning her over with that charm. And also because going in well, as they're talking, she finds out that he is part of something that she knows. And that's how they end up kind of breaking out in conversation. And you really, in the short time you have with them together, you kind of get that bond. You kind of get that, you know, them kind of growing on each other and talking and the, and you know, the dialogue's kind of witty and stuff like that. Um, but you're really kind of getting you into this movie and getting into these characters. And this is where kind of the comparison and contrast is going to come in. As I mentioned before, um, Keith mentions to Tess that if the shoe was on the other foot, if he would have showed up to the Airbnb and Tess was already staying there. There's no way in hell Tess would have let him in that house. But because uh, it was a woman showing up, he felt, you know, bad. He felt like he had to do his duty to open up and let her in and kind of give her a shelter from the storm. Whereas on the other foot, it's harder for a woman to trust a guy. Yeah. Find somewhere else to stay, buddy. You're not coming in this house, which is completely understandable. And from the moment that Tess gets in this house before they're even, you know, getting to know each other and everything. Uh, as, which she has to go to the bathroom and stuff. And every room that she's going into throughout this house, she's pressing that button to lock these doors. And it makes a purpose to show you as she's going in that she's locking these doors. Um, and that's, I mean, it comes kind of comes up a little, little bit later. Um, but the biggest thing I wanted to mention was that's the contrast between her and AJ is because she's being so careful going in and out of these places. It's like the bathroom going into her bedroom when she's locking the door and stuff. Whereas when AJ comes into the house later in the movie, not even checking anything like he, when he walks in the room, he's not locking doors. He's just kind of free about it. Walking in. He doesn't care. Um, so, I mean, you get kind of these comparisons, you know, between the movie uh, and, and they even talk about it a couple of times, just kind of the comparisons in these situations between men and women. Um, but it doesn't really come into play for, you know, the second half of the movie. I just thought it was kind of interesting in the first half. <laughs> now, it's time to talk about the thing that they're not showing you in the marketing, the thing that nobody's talking about because nobody wants to spoil with other people. We're going to dive right into it, which is the basement, which is the thing in the basement. Uh, so it, it, it kind of all starts with, you know, Tess hearing stuff in the middle of the night. She thought it was Keith. The door was open and stuff. You find out, you know, Keith is actually a good dude. He was, he was you know, telling the truth or whatnot. And she thought she heard stuff in the, in the house. She leaves, you know, wakes up the next day. He's already gone or whatever. She goes to her interview comes back. She ends up going, going into the basement. The door shuts behind her. She can't get out. She goes down in it looks like a normal basement, right? No, there's a rope sticking out of the wall. She pulls it, opens up a secret door, a secret passage It goes into an empty room with a bloody handprint on the wall and a dirty bed and a bucket with a, a video recorder, a tape recorder sitting right there. Very creepy. You know, immediately you would have been, you would have been out and that, that's exactly pretty much what she said. As soon as she saw that open that passage that goes into that dark hallway, she said, Nope, I'm out. And then that's when she found the, the door was locked. It, one thing leads to another. They find the second opening, which goes down into a dugout cavern, which is pitch fucking black. 
Um, and that leads to, you know, the biggest, craziest reveal of the movie is whenever uh, she's going down looking for Keith and she runs into him. And, and that's when you get like one of the first jump scares in the movie. Uh, and he's just telling her something down here with us. We got to go. It's coming. It's coming. And then you run into it. You see the thing. And it's just this weird inbred woman type monster with these like sharp teeth and long, like greasy, like thin hair. And it's just so disturbing to see all at once. And you're not expecting it because it's just not in any of the trailers. You don't see, you, you don't know anything about this. And as soon as you see it, it, you just get one of the more gruesome kills of the movie or just her smashing his head against this wall over and over and over and over again. And then it just cuts. And then it goes into, you know, AJ's story played by Justin Long wow that's all i gotta say about it it's just wow like i just was not expecting this and i know i'm sure nobody was and that's what just draws you in for the rest of this movie is like what the hell where did this come from i need to know more i need to dive into it and you you get a little while until you go back into that that like cavern that basement area it's a slow burn a little bit but once you get back into those caverns and stuff you're on for the rest of the ride um, I'm not going to dive into the, you know, the full breakdown of the movie, but Justin Long, he's great in this movie as well. He plays a, a, a pretty big scumbag in the movie. Um, but once again, like he, he's part owner of the house. He goes down into the basement. He ends up, you know, running into the, you know, same thing. Uh, and he like, he finds like the, the den where the, they call it the mama or the mother is staying. And it's just like this weird purple type room with this TV on showing like the, uh, a mom teaching a child how to breastfeed, which comes into play. Uh, <laughs> and he ends up like running from this, this monster. And then he falls down into this cage where Tess is and she's still alive. And then it cuts to Richard Brake. It cuts to his part of the story and this is probably my only big nitpick of the movie is right here with it's such a big difference between Richard Brake's part and then going back into the story you already saw. When you see him, it's it's the same neighborhood because this movie is set in Detroit. And at the beginning of this movie, it's pitch black whenever Tess shows up at, at this house. You don't see any of her surroundings around there until the next morning when she wakes up and leaves. And it's just such it's this area in Detroit where it's just all these homes are just broken down and just look terrible. And, and it's, it's the slums of Detroit. When you get to Richard Brake's part of the movie, that area of Detroit is all built up and colorful and you can, you don't know what's going on at this point in the movie. And I think this part, this little section of the movie, this should have been the beginning. This should have been the, the big opening of the movie. Cause at because the way it is, is it's just Richard Brake kind of coming out of his house, getting in his tar, car, going to the, the you know store. He's looking for like baby stuff, like diapers and uh, you know plastic sheets and stuff like that. He says he has a kid on the way or whatever. Um, but you know, there's there's something off about this dude. You know, immediately you're like, oh no, because Richard Brake, dude, he just seems like an evil guy. He's always playing bad dudes. Um, there's just something about him, you know, I I'm sure he's a nice guy, um, but he always seems to just play evil dudes and he just has that presence about him. So you automatically know something, something is off. And as he's leaving, he's getting into his car and then he notices this woman and he starts following this woman and then it cuts and he's watching her go into her house. But he gets out and he puts the suit on and he, he disguises himself as like a repair man. He's going and then like check the water pressure in her house and he's pretty much casing the joint and he purposely unlocks one of the windows 
assuming he can get back in at night to do whatever he needs to do. And then it cuts back to him, you know, pulling up to his house. And as he's getting out, you know, he's talking with his neighbor or whatever, and you hear screaming and stuff in the basement, in his house. And you, and I feel like that would have been the perfect part to open up this movie. Because if you would have had all of that where he was just, you know, getting out, you know, stalking this woman, getting to his house, and you hear screaming and stuff in the basement, boom, cut the barbarian right on the front. And then during that whole part with, you know, Tess and Keith, you're like, how is this how's this fit in with Richard Brake? And then you're guessing the whole time trying to wonder like what's in the basement, such and such. I feel like it would have worked out like that because the tonal shift between, you know, going from Tessa's story into, you know, Justin Long's story, and then you get this little Richard Brake thing, it kind of like it's a little jarring at first. And I feel like it would have worked better just at the very beginning. Cause after you get out of that, then the movie would have kind of you know, would have kind of felt the same going out. Now, I think I've talked about this on the show before. I believe it was on our uh, Death Proof review. Go check out that review. Um, I'm not a big fan of movies kind of starting a new story halfway through, you know, and, and this movie kind of does it like a couple times, you know, after after Tess's, you get into AJ's, and then after AJ's, you get into, you know, Richard Brakes for a minute. It kind of throws you out of the movie a little bit, you know, it, it throws you off. It worked still. This movie still works for me. It didn't throw me out enough that it, you know, it was jarring. I was just kind of wondering, like, what the what the fuck's going on here? Like, why would they throw this here? Like, what does this have to do with the rest of the movie? We don't even know who this guy is. Obviously, it's the same house. Um, but you do get into where that comes up into the movie later. Um, I just think it would have been a lot better at the very beginning of the movie. This is probably one of the most disgusting, gross scenes of the movie is... You know, apparently Tess has been down in this, you know, cavern in this cage for a little while now. They don't go deep into how long she was down there. Um, but Justin Long is freaking out and this fucking inbred monster thing comes over and has this huge like bottle of milk with this nipple on the top. And she's trying to feed Justin Long down through like these the grates of this uh, this cage. And it's just so gross. The bottle looks gross. It has this hair hanging off of it and stuff. And this monster lady is naked and she's like it's oh man it's just so uncomfortable and so unnerving um and she like gives it the test first and Tess drinks out of it and justin long is just nope not about it not and Tess is just telling you gotta do it don't make her angry sure enough it happens he makes it angry and then you get you know it it one ups itself in this movie he, the thing grabs snatches him out of that damn cage pulls him up in and he's and the thing starts force breastfeeding Justin Long, bro. And it is so, so gnarly and so gross. And intercut while it's going back and forth is Tess climbing out and trying to escape herself. Uh, and she she does. She gets out and she ends up running into like this homeless dude that scares her earlier in the movie, telling her like there's there's more evil things down there than just that thing. It already he already knows about it. He says it comes out at night searching for people and stuff. And I love the scare in the movie. Like she's she goes in or whatever. She's getting her her keys. She gets in her car. And as soon as she like gets in her car, the thing just busts through the front door after her and stuff. There's a lot. There's a couple good jump scares in this movie and just a lot of creepy, just unnerving stuff. Um, not just the monster, but. Uh, it, the, the cinematography in the movie has a lot to do with it as well, which is, you know, good directing by, uh, by Zach Kreger here, you know, just the music and some of the, the drawn out shots, you know, zooming in or zooming out. 
it, it really is effective with the atmosphere and the tension of this movie. And there's a lot of creative shots in this as well. There's a couple of first person point of view shots as well that are really cool. Um, I wish they would have done a little bit more of that, you know, walking because there's a couple shots of like, I think it was Justin Long walking with like this pistol through the cavern and it's first person as he's like holding the flashlight. I wish it would have held on that a little bit longer, just walking down through these tunnels and like looking around a little bit. I think that would have really helped with the tension and suspense a little bit more. And then you dive into the rest of the Richard Brake story where Justin Long, as he's trying to escape, he finds this room that the the creature doesn't go towards. It doesn't follow him into. And you find that Richard Brake's been in the, down in this cavern in this basement for all these years. He's so old and decrepit now. He can't, he can't even talk. And, and, you know, Justin Long finds him and then he finds like this old TV and VH and VCR with all these labeled cassette tapes all over the place. And, you know, he watches one and you can and you hear the screaming and stuff and you assume that every one of these tapes are are women and, and people that, you know, Richard Brake has kidnapped and kept in this basement in these cages and is just you know, raping these women who are having kids who then he has kids with them and then their kids and their kids and over and so on and so forth. And then you get this just inbred monster thing that you see throughout this movie, just so creepy and gross looking and tall and is abnormally strong and can just throw people around and just lift people through cages and stuff. And it's wild. You get a part of the movie where AJ is, you know, you think he's having his redemption arc. You know, he's he's sorry for everything he's done. He knows he realizes he's been an asshole a lot of his life. He realizes that he's done some bad things in his life. And you think that, you know, he's going to do something good. He's going to help some people. He's going to help Tess get out of this. Nope. First chance that he gets, man, he, he, he pretty much throws Tess under the bus. In this case, throws her off of a fucking water tower uh, to save himself. Um, and that that helps i guess for the moment and then you get one of the more gnarlier kills of the movie here as he goes down here the because you get the fucking hilarious note uh scene of he throws tess off this water tower the monster jumps off the tower to you know catch her and save her save her baby and as he goes down he picks up the gun and everything and the monster, I guess, caught her in mid-fall, and she fell on and broke her fall. So Tess is still alive. It looks like the monster's dead at this point. And, you know, Justin Long, he's just an asshole at this point. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, man, that fucking monster gets up and just gouges his eyes out and just splits his head in half. Amazing. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, but Tess, man, she is so beat and banged up at this point in the movie. Uh, she kind of buys into the you know the mommy shtick because the whole movie this this monster is kind of talking in baby talk uh like a mom would do with her child and tess kind of buys into it to get the monster a little bit closer and then as that you know you get that far away kind of panning out shot and then you hear that gunshot of you know tess shooting the monster and killing it finally um which I think it worked a little bit, but I, I think it would have been a bigger impact if you would have seen it firsthand of her killing that monster instead of kind of panning out. And then it hits the credits. Um, but man, this movie was such a fucking ride. I, I enjoyed every every part of this movie. The only thing, the only gripe that I have is just putting that Richard Brake part where you get introduced to him right in smack dab in the middle of the movie. I think it would have worked much, much better at the beginning there. Um, but man, this movie had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Shout out to Zach 
Craiger doing an awesome job, you know, with the script, with the directing of this movie. The cinematography is great. Like, as I mentioned, the music in it is is just as effective and great. Um, you kind of get like a Carpenter synthy type music mixed with more of an atmospheric A24 type you know, score. Um, it's the best of both worlds in this movie. You kind of get a little bit of everything in this because this movie is, it's funny at times too. You know, Justin Long, a lot of his dialogue is a lot of, you know, bro dialogue. Um, the scene specifically where he gets to the house and he sees that somebody was in there and it's just him walking around like, bro, what the fuck? Where the fuck? Where's, what's all this stuff? Who the fuck is here? And he's <laughs> like, it's a lot of the dialogue that maybe you would say walking around just like, who the fuck is in my house? Like, it's I don't know. It's very realistic and very on point. I feel like and it, it, it worked. It was funny to me. Um, but Justin Long is great in it. You know, uh, Georgina Campbell is great. Bill Skarsgård is great in it. Uh, Richard Brake's not in it too much. He doesn't really have much to do, but he's decent in it as well. He's just a very menacing presence. Um, but overall, man, I highly, highly, highly recommend this movie. It is great. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece by any means, but it's definitely like probably one of my top horror movies of the year so far. It's it's that good. And I cannot wait to watch it again. Um, it's definitely going to knock your socks off if you haven't seen it. But I mean, if, if you haven't seen it at this point and you're watching this far, you've already been spoiled. So, I mean, probably not going to be as effective, right? But yeah, that's the show for this week. Thanks everybody for watching. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Make sure to follow us over on Twitter at Cinema Trip Views. Check out our Linktree and Anchor pages for all the podcast links for our uh, audio-only podcast version of the reviews. Make sure to go leave a, a good review on those as well. And uh, we'll see everybody next week for the next review.